Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is a review of Booksmart. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, This week, um, this film is not in a theater near you now, but it will be coming in just a few weeks. Um... At, as a film festival this year, Stephen and I saw this film, Booksmart. It'll be coming to you May 24th, I think I said it was, before we started recording. Um, basically, that week around then. Sounds um, right. So you will be able to see this very soon. And in this episode, we will tell you whether you should be seeing it. Um, but yeah, um, this is sort of our filler coverage of sort of the second week of the... Um, San Francisco International Film Festival, and we're going to start with this full review, and then we're kind of just going to lump everything else together, I think, yeah. into our second week episode, which will appear in the feed after this one. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you say we get started, Stephen? Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Booksmart, which thankfully is available, <laughs> and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Amy, you've been out for two years and you've never kissed a girl. I really don't know what I'm doing with all that stuff. I have a secret for you. I once tried to masturbate with an electric I wish that would have been a secret, but you've mentioned it many, many times. Hey! Oh, shit! Woo! Are we gonna go to school, or...? Nope. What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha? She's got a really cute smile. Go talk to her. Oh, oh, sorry, oh. sorry. Sharp elbows. Not as sharp as your chin. What? It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of... Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safe... Oh! Ah! The on! Don't touch your eyes! Tonight is your night. What is this? We ask the questions! Oh my god. How old are you? Does not matter! Well, this seems excessive. Shotgun. Just kidding. I don't have one. Don't say we're having a date night. Why? It's funny your parents think we're boning. What you two have is special. Mm -hmm. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. All right, so that was the trailer for Booksmart. It is the story of two high school seniors who are about to graduate, and uh, they have spent their entire high school careers being Booksmart, 
being on the level, you know, doing all their work, trying to achieve the best grades they can, all so they can get into the schools of their choice, um, these two best friends. And uh, in the last day of school, basically, they have discovered that all of the people who just fucked off <laughs> for the last four years and had fun and screwed around, partied, all got into the same schools that they uh, got into or wanted to get into, and they kind of realize that they have wasted the last four years of their life, and they decide to attempt to make up for that um, the night before graduation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the final day of school, graduation's tomorrow. Let's go out and have a blast and do what all the cool kids are doing. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Booksmart? Um, I, I think this is going to be incredibly reductive, but it also is the only true way to summarize this movie it is definitely super bad for the newer woker generation of kids <laughs> like beat by beat this movie is super bad it has it has like every element it has the instead of a bromance it's like a cismance however you would call that um you know so the the genders are flipped their concerns are a little bit different but still like super bad they want to get laid before they go to college uh they want to party hard they are going to have like a wacky evening where they try to get to the big party and then we'll find out if the big party is everything that it was cracked up to be. You know, we'll see. It, it, it is very much a super bad movie and it doesn't help that Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister. So it's like he passed the baton to her. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't know whether I should just let you go and then try to walk you back from that later. But uh, it's not just the woker generation. I mean, Superbad is a highly problematic film if sure, you go back yeah, and re revisit it. I think that the motives of these two characters is so much uh, more genuinely good than the character. Like, in Superbad, they're literally trying to fuck girls so that when they go to college, they will know how to fuck girls. Like, mm -hmm. the, the point is... It's not just, I want to lose my virginity before I graduate. It's specifically, like, it's said by Jonah Hill, we need to get a girl that we can fuck all summer. Like, sleep with a girl at this party so that they're our girlfriend for the summer, and then we tell them to fuck off, and we go to college, and we're, like, cool cats now because we got laid during the summer, right? This, the two girls aren't exact, like, the, their main goal for the night is not to have sex. Sure, they're, they're the to one, have, it's to have broken the rules in party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that it's more, it's, it's a different sort of let loose, and the film is not attempting to be as raunchy as possible. It is trying to be raunchy for people who have been conservative, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, 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 it toes that line much better in a way that when raunchy things happen, it is strictly funny, not funny because it's so, like, over the line, right? So I, I think there is, like... There are many beats that are similar between the sure, films. I, but... I, I would never, I, I would never try to imply that this is problematic in the way that Superbad is problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just bet in ten years another movie is going to come out that is going to be the Booksmart for their generation <laughs> that lays down all the reasons Booksmart is being problematic. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, that, that's that's fine. Yeah, I, I just want to say, like, to me, it, to me, watching the film, I felt that there are obvious comparisons to Superbad, but yeah. I felt that this film was enough different that it justified its existence, I guess. Well, I, I mean, I would say even if it wasn't enough different, every generation needs a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, just, it was funny because we went to a, a Q&A with <laughs> Olivia Wilde and all of the cast, and everyone who framed a question or talked about their touchstones, like, 
purposely leapfrogged over super bad when they were yeah. describing them and it was like the big elephant in the room that nobody wanted to mention yeah, yeah. Um, anyway all that to say i think this generation is a lot better than our generation <laughs> and we'll call this movie kind of bad <laughs> I, I see what you did there um and i like i think it's super 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 charming and pretty delightful uh, and the main reason is i think Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein are great. Like, I, I think they are both a great comic pair. Uh, Beanie is obviously, again, in addition to the relation with Jonah Hill, she is the Jonah Hill of this movie. Like, she's the one who's more outspoken and outwardly funny and is trying to get them to, like, break out of their shell a bit. Caitlin is more of the Michael Sarah type. She's, like, <laughs> serious and a little awkward, but in a, like, I know how to be self-deprecating kind of awkwardness. And I I think both of them are, like, fantastic in this movie. They make it really, really, really fun to watch, even as the plot just gets dumb. Like, I was trying to talk to you about what happens in this movie because it's been <laughs> two weeks now since we saw it, and almost all of it has evaporated from my brain. Um, but I, I think it's funny, and it's it's good-naturedly funny, Like, yeah. which I think is a difference between this generation and other generations is this is, like the generation of social media of the internet where they're like, we are aware of what is okay and what isn't okay. And we're actually going to try to like live as thoughtful people. And I feel like this is the comedy for that generation where they yeah. still get to be breaking the rules. They're still trying new things. They still get to be raunchy, but it is all like, it's a raunch that is contained in some era of like, we are all like, we know what we're doing and we know that this is silly and it's okay. Um, and that, that just makes for a fun movie. Like, I think this movie is going to do amazingly well when it comes out. I think it is going to be like widely beloved and I wouldn't be surprised if both actresses go on to do a ton of other comedies. So yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I don't think it is like particularly serious or trying to be obviously, but like, super bad it hits the emotional beats of like what does a close friendship that is on the verge of ending or being threatened what does that look like and how do they relate to each other and they bring so much of like a lived in authenticity to their friendship that you completely buy all of their inner their like hidden jokes they're like little things they do just to tease each other the way they kind of i don't know they, they like they have a rapport with each other that is clearly something that is built up over a long time and that comes out on the screen and it makes it just super fun to watch. So yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I thought this film was fantastic. Um, I, I had an amazing time with it. Um, you know, in, in our last review in the feed where we were talking about, uh, I made the comment that, um, that long shot is what happens when you make a film simply checking all the boxes and not doing anything else. And I feel like this film is in a lot of ways, like a polar opposite, like, it is also hitting all the beats you need to to tell this story, but it's done in such a smarter way where the, the the characters are aware of the journey they're going on. Even the things that it does to mimic other films or sort of, we'll just say pay homage to other films, still work within the, like, in the back of your head, you're like, oh, this now this feels a lot like this other thing. But you're still like, you know, what? I don't care because it's being done so well. There are little jokes that pay off later on in the film. And it's it's one of those things where... 
it does feel like somebody didn't just bang out a script. They like spent time to work in jokes that will slowly build over time. And then when the, the final version of that joke hits in the end, it's extra funny just because of where you've been. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's little, there's little gags that like are only there to be a visual gag. Like, there's a whole character that only exists to be a, like a re- repeated occurrence in the film just as a joke. And it every time that character shows up, it still makes me laugh, right? Yeah. There are just so many things in this film that take you along um, and make you just want to vibe with the film, want to have fun with these characters, enjoy where they're going. Uh, you know the characters that are around them. You know, like, their family. You know, like, all these things. And it just... Even when you know exactly what what something is leading to and how it's going to turn, you're still excited to watch that turn happen because you're just vibing with it and enjoying it and having fun on that journey with these characters. And yeah, I just I I thought it was an amazing time. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this won the audience award at the festival. Um, does not surprise wait, yeah. me at all. <laughs> I mean, especially given some of the stuff that we watched. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this, like at the festivals, if. Like when we were at Tribeca, there was an app that you could check in and like rate the film before the end. Um, but but here there's little pieces of paper that you tear. And I almost never tore – like I would just put the piece of paper in without tearing anything just because I was like I don't want the awkwardness of somebody like, are you not going to vote? Um, but I stood up and I ripped that excellent on that <laughs> and just threw it in the box because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to not give that an excellent. Um, but yeah, like I, I just it, – it's a film that – hits all the boxes while elevating those boxes a little bit and gives you just a really fun ride that you like there's there's almost no downtime in this film where you're like oh why are we spending time in this fluff let's get back to the fun it's beat by beat it is really fun really enjoyable and yeah i I loved it yeah no it was it was really funny definitely my favorite lisa kudrow comedy (laughs) that we're reviewing this this evening Are Um, are we reviewing another one i mean she was also in long shot Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right. She was in like one scene of Long Shot. Yep, just like she's in one scene of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I was trying to think of what makes the humor different. And I think it's that over the decades, cultures have gotten more niche, right? Like if you look at like 80s or 90s high school movies, there's like the goth and the jock and the popular girl and the nerd, right? And those are like the sandboxes they work with. And so yeah. it's super you know, reductive in that sense because it's really pegging people in, like, very specific shapes that they don't fit. And then, like, in the 2000s, they started to be like, oh, well, actually, the nerd can be kind of cool and funny and we're going to be, like, exploring the fact that, like, people come out of their shell and act differently than you would expect, but they still mostly fit in the mold. And this is kind of, like, the niche generation where everyone they skewer here is very, very, very particular, right? Like, there's a guy who is the kind of flamboyant drama character in the school but he isn't just the token gay character he is the character who would host like a (laughs) mystery mystery, yeah yeah, a mystery dinner party about murderers where everyone dresses up a certain way and he would pick that exact character and he would live in that exact house yeah there's just something about all of these characters where they are they're very 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 specific types of people and that makes it more fun to watch and there's a there's a niceness to it because even at the spoilers, they do get to the party in the end. And at the party, like, no one is really just an asshole. Like, every yeah. everyone has more layers to them. And, like, there are the jockey people, but they also have, like, other inner lives and other things going on. And I feel like it just really – it feels more whole maybe yeah. and a little bit more complete in its idea of, like, 
we can make fun of each other, but we are not just doing it to be merciless. Like we are recognizing things about ourselves. And I, I feel like there's just a niceness to it that I like that isn't present in all of those high school movies. Yeah. And like when, when they enter the party, it's not like a record scratch. Suddenly these people here, it's like, everybody's like, this is a party. You want drinks? They're over here. Like school's done. We don't have to play this game anymore. Like we're just here, go out and be people and, Mm -hmm. and enjoy yourself. Um, Another thing I really, really loved about the film is that, like, you know, we, we've complained in the last several weeks about certain films where there was supposed to be smart female characters, and the film is just like, aren't they smart? Watch do smart things, and, like, characters have to be like, I'm going to be a scientist, right? And it's just, like, really poorly written things where these characters are smart. These are supposed to be smart girls in the school, and as they encounter problems, this isn't about how do I pretend to be the cool kid? This is like, oh... How would I find where the, how would I reverse engineer the location of this party? How would I do this type sort of thing? And there's really funny, like in, in, in Superbad, you have characters trying to act cooler than they are. So when they get into situations, part of the joke is their like naiveness about how they should be acting in that situation, right? But in this film, it's like, there is a scene where they, we'll just say that they, they sneak into a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're, it's not that they're like, it's not that they were stupid in how they thought about that plan. They were specifically smart in the plan, figuring out exactly what they can do so that if it goes wrong, the consequences are not that bad, right? Yeah. Like, so it, it's like a, it, it, the, the funniness is not that they had, they were completely unprepared. It was that they over engineered their own solution to the problem they were trying to have. And I, I found those moments really, really fun and exciting where it's just, you're watching them not be stupid. If they're being, it, too intelligent for the shenanigans they're trying yeah. to get into, which I just thought was well, fun. I think it's that they're they're intelligent but socially awkward, right? Like yeah. they don't they know so much, but they don't know how people tick well enough to anticipate them. Yeah, which yeah. is where a lot of the comedy of the movie comes from, right? Is they like they think they're getting away with something or they're trying to like skate by in a situation, but really they're just being kind of dorky and everyone around them is like waiting for them to loosen up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it it definitely makes it really fun. I think my my reservations about this movie is mostly just that it... I, I don't know. Maybe it's because my desire for the bigger emotional landing got the better of me. But I wanted, I felt like their friendship is like ripe ground for putting more stressors on it or letting the... Again, spoilers in case you don't know how all of these movies work, but there's going to be some <laughs> low point before it ends on a high point, right? And and they, I feel like they could have done more to make that feel, like, more heartfelt. Like, I wanted to cry at this movie, and I didn't cry at this movie. Yeah. Um, but I did I did laugh a lot and have a good time. And I think they do a good job of finding... So I'll, I'll, some of the cast, of course, are, like, comedy staves right there's like will forte and jason sudeikis obviously was tapped in for his wife's movie um <laughs> like they, they got people but they also have a cast of young actors that i've mostly never seen before and they do a good job like again there some roles are more sketched out than others like i i do feel like a lot of the secondary characters are a little bit one note but they're all fun at least and yeah in a movie like this you know you can't give everyone screen time so it was it, it was fine it was fun it just it evaporated quicker than I wanted it to. Like when I left the theater on Monday night, I was like, hell yeah, that was great. And 
five days later when I thought we were going to review it, I was like, yeah, I think I have something to say about this movie. <laughs> and then now, like, a week has gone by, and I'm like, I don't know what to say about this yeah. movie. But so, so here's, I mean, pre-reviews, pre here's the thing is, I guess you'll be, you'll be gone when this comes out, but mm-hmm. if you were here when this comes out, would you go catch it again in theaters? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. I, mostly because, like, the... The festival crowd is fun, but they are so into every scene, and there are so many people that are, like, not usually watching comedies that I feel like the sense of humor of the festival crowd is a little awkward. Like, they'll laugh at everything, no matter what it is. Yeah. And I would want to see it in a theater again to feel, like, the genuine laughter and tease it out from the, like, Olivia Wilde is here, oh my god, we better laugh at everything (laughs) laughter, (laughs) which is very real and very present. No, they're, they're, like, the... There were a number of things at the festival where there were people involved in creating that work who were there and present. People were, like, lined up outside the theater in the little alleyway where, like, all the people would go to their vehicle. And they were just, like, ready to mob yep. mob them. And I was like, damn, these people really, really like Olivia Wilde. Yeah. It was definitely the biggest crowd. The line formed as quicker than anything else that we saw at the festival. Yeah. At least that I that I did, and it, yeah, it was it was it was pretty crazy seeing everybody turn out like that. I think one thing that left a sour taste in my mouth is you referenced like the worst Q and A ever. <laughs> this was a Q and A where every single question was some extent of like Olivia, um, you single handedly <laughs> crushed the Bechdel test, and you featured a gay character, which has never happened in film ever in the history of film. Until you did it. What do you have to say? for Like, the Q&A, they were patting themselves on the back so hard for things yeah. that I feel like weren't warranted. But yeah. that's not the movie's fault. Like, you don't watch the movie and feel like they're trying too hard. But, but, but that's the thing, though, is if nobody had to say it, like, mm-hmm. they did do a lot. Like, in the film, they're, like, so a, a usual, a normal scene that would happen in, in any other high school is... Uh, mm-hmm is uh like a girl would be in a stall and then other girls would come into the bathroom and talk in this film they're like gender neutral bathrooms and it's just a gaggle of kids hanging out in the bathroom no one calls out that these are gender neutral gender neutral bathrooms right it's just a thing that happens that adds to like the fact that this is a school and it's like a modern school and like that's Mm -hmm. cool no one needs to be like oh i really appreciated the way you had gender neutral bathrooms in your film because that's very very nice of you right that that it 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 just it's one of those things where it's like you don't have to call it out. You can just silently appreciate that like the film is having things where like conservative parents are happy that their daughter's gay and that's totally yeah. fine and they're awkward about it and that's funny, but you don't have to like go out of your way to talk about how this is changing cinema. Yeah. Uh, because it's for one thing, it is like you're five yeah. years too late for that to be like a totally yeah. new thing. For comedy, I guess, like, you know, comedy is always a little behind the curve when it comes to these things. Yeah. So, like, it's nice to see a comedy that got that right. But again, I feel like that's just, that is this generation, right? Like, I lived above a music venue for a couple years. And I would like to go down during, like, when the high school bands would play, just because I was curious what are modern-day high schoolers who, like, live in San Francisco, what are they like? And without fail, they were so much fucking cooler than I was when I was a high schooler. (laughs) Like, the way they taught, I went to one where, like, some some tragedy had happened recently and they had like a queer girl at the school go up and like give some spoken word poetry before the guys in the band all like applauded her and played a song with her and stuff. And it was just like, it, it feels like this generation is like getting a lot more like open and 
intelligent about these issues than yeah. like maybe we were when we were younger. And this movie is just reflecting that. Like I feel like if anything, Olivia probably asked people who were closer to high school age, like, hey, what would you talk about? Like what would have happened here? And they would tell her and that's how they made this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so I don't think it's a movie that is trying overly hard to like hammer a message home it's a movie that's just trying to reflect the way life is now yeah which yeah is it's just let, let everything be there and present on screen and don't hide anything and don't cover anything so yeah, yeah. so it, it's i think there is a lot to celebrate in this film it's just the amount to which people wanted to celebrate it and it became a thing where it's like cool who who are you asking a question or just making statements yes yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah, I, I think what what I liked most about this movie was just watching the two lead characters, like especially Caitlin Dever, because Short Term Twelve is near and dear to my heart, and I remember her as like the young girl who is crying while she's like going through this story that she drew, and like she drew me into that movie as this like young dramatic actor who was so good, and watching her just over the years do like serious role, serious role, serious role, and then suddenly having this big silly high school graduation raunchy comedy i was i had a big grin on my face just from being like hell yeah you've your career just opened up like in a new way that is exciting yeah and beanie obviously you know she rocks <laughs> but she showed that in other movies already. like even yeah. in ladybird she managed to be pretty funny even though she was a secondary role yeah, yeah. Oh. cool uh should we get to verdicts for this film sure all right steven miller if you're gonna say must see recommend with a caveat wait for rental pass with a caveat or a must avoid what would you give it this is another night where my like my ratings are wavering because I was going to, for no reason other than lack of memorability, give it a recommend with a caveat. <laughs> but now I am I am feeling pretty warm toward the movie, and I think it's not it's a fault of the genre that two weeks later I don't have like a whole lot to say about it. So yeah, I'm giving this like a gentle, happy must see. I think it's like it isn't mind blowing. It isn't the quote cleverest comedy of the year. But I think for taking this genre and like pumping it full of even more heart and being more kind of socially aware and interesting and managing to find a new thing to say about this generation, which is unique from other ones, I think this is a a fun movie that is like gonna do very well when it comes out and for good reason. Yeah, um, I, I already mentioned that I had an amazing time with this film. Uh, it's a must see for me, and uh, I think everybody should go out and check it out in a few weeks when it comes out. But it's not eighth grade. It's definitely trying to do something different than eighth grade, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not trying to make me cry. Yeah. Uh this is the movie that comes after eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> this is her next four years of life. Um but yeah, I think that'll do it for our review of Book Smart, Stephen Miller. If people want to find find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Booksmart, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Uh, as we said, we have one more sort of batch review that we're going to do for some of the other things that we saw at the end of the festival. Um, so stay tuned for that in your feed, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in a bit. Bye.